0: Hello and welcome to Stuck in the 90s. We are your weekly nostalgia podcast chronicling the years 1990 through to and including 1999. Yeah, we include 99. We're your hosts. My name is Chris Alphick, And I'm Connor Thompson. This week, we are going to be covering January 29th through the 4th of February in 1996. Let's start off with some news.
1: January 29th. Kiss reveals that they have reunited with original members Ace Frehley and Peter Criss with a surprise appearance on the American Music Awards show. The band took the podium in full makeup and costume for the first time since 1983. Now we're going off the books because I actually know some shit about this.
0: Yeah, I figured. I was, I was like, oh, you are were into Kiss. So. This
1: kicked off the Kiss uh, Alive Worldwide Tour in 96. This was their highest grossing tour as well. I'm pretty sure it got pretty close to 150 was like 145, 147, something like that. They made a buttload of money, which is what Kiss is all about. Making money? Making buttloads of money.
0: Yeah, I uh I think so. That's like, you know, I wanna make a buttload of money all night. Rock that, and roll, motherfuckers. That was great. January thirtieth. There was a VHS release of reboot today containing Oh yes two episodes. I think like a VHS you could fit four or five. They decided to fit two of them. Uh also today, comet I don't know how to pronounce this, let's Hayek Hayakute. There was a comet discovered today. (laughs) It passed very close to Earth in March of this year. It was dubbed the Great Comet of 1996. Why couldn't I just call it that? Its passage near Earth was one of the closest cometary approaches of the previous 2,000 years. Cometary, that's a new word. Previous 200 years. Oh shit, 200 years. That's pretty neat also, though. Yeah.
1: Comets are fucking sweet. I
0: love comets. Me too.
1: January 31st, American punk rock band NoFX released their sixth studio album, Heavy Petting Zoo which is probably the best title of a studio album. It's a good pun. So they had two different cover images for the album. Uh, The artwork for the CD edition features a man cuddling a sheep. Uh, The band's name and album title are featured at the top of the cover. The vinyl edition's artwork features the same man and sheep in a 69 position. Uh, The title, Eating Lamb, is given on the cover of the LP, with Heavy Petting Zoo written on the spine. That's great.
0: (laughs) It's a... Uh, yeah
1: they really paint a scene there in their analysis of NoFX's attitude the authors of screaming for change articulating a unifying philosophy of punk rock state quote the fact that none of the songs on the record deal with animals zoos or even bestiality supports the assertion that the artwork contains little if any significant meaning other than portraying images the band is confident will upset and shock the establishment that's fucking punk rock man oh yeah punk rock
0: Slightly less punk rock, but in my opinion, still very cool. February 1st, JPL unveils its Red Planet rover. Science teams at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena on Wednesday presented their latest progeny, a feisty one-foot-tall Mars rover, to a group of white-suited reporters, photographers, and NASA officials in a JPL clean room. The latest addition to JPL's family of Voyagers will soon undergo final testing in preparation for its trip to Mars later this year. The six-wheeled 25-pound rover will be first in the number of Mars missions scheduled over the next decade. It comes equipped with stereo cameras to see its way Around, a pea shooter type gadget that spits out atomic nuclei to determine the chemical nature of rocks, laser navigation guides, and enough hardwired intelligence to steer itself around obstacles. Red rover, red rover, will Pathfinder come over? Mars rovers are so
1: goddamn sweet. They are punk rock, because they live well past the age they should. That's true, yeah.
0: They are the Keith Richards
1: of the uh, space... I was going to say the space world, but that's not a thing.
0: It could be. Um, I like that. I I mean, because what's more punk rock than living Mars rocks. I don't know. Okay. Um, have you seen The Martian? Oh yeah. I love The Martian.
1: February 2nd. Campaign 96. Clinton's biggest drawback in Midwest is First Lady, poll finds. President Clinton's base liability in the Midwest in the November general election may not be the economy or his foreign policy, but rather his wife, Hillary Rodham Clinton, according to a poll released Thursday, two days before a scheduled visit by the First Lady. Negative publicity surrounding Ms. Clinton has run high of late with renewed allegations of improper over her role in the White House travel office firings and the whitewater land deal. The Midwest fucking over Hillary since 96.
0: Okay, moving on to February 3rd INS official convicted of attempted robbery a federal jury convicted an immigration and naturalization service officer and his brother of conspiring to rob the Postal Service Credit Union in Los Angeles. The INS officer sterling david bias great name i know age 34 was found guilty of conspiring to commit unarmed bank robbery in connection with the september 21st 1995 holdup his brother sean christopher bias less less good name name, yeah age 32 was convicted of uh, conspiracy to commit armed bank robbery and using a firearm during the crime prosecutors charged that sterling bias again really cool name. yeah had an account at the credit union and knew that it received bi-weekly armored car deliveries of about $1 million in cash. Damn. Sterling bias. That just sounds suspicious, right? It sounds fucking awesome. It sure does.
1: Like, that's a great name. Ah. Oh. February 4th. Former Millie Vanilli Band member Rob Pilatus is hospitalized when a man hits him over the head with a baseball bat in Hollywood uh, while he is attempting to steal the man's car. Yeah. So, Millie Vanilli went so far downhill
0: that he was robbing banks. Well, like, this well, guy robbing banks. And a car. Yeah, that's what I mean by banks. He was robbing the... <laughs> We're
1: just making up crimes for him. Like, he robbed a car, but also he was probably the bank, probably of, bank
0: The bank of change oh my God. In, the, in the cup holder is what I mean by that. It's actually really sad, because he was really into drugs and alcohol and passed away, I think, about a year later.
1: Speaking of spiraling downhill, let's move on to movies and music, because we have a doozy for you this week. All right. Yeah, that was that was a really dark transition. That
0: was it's like (laughs) Speaking of movies and music today. Ooh, I don't know like okay. So here's what we've got for the box office. You've heard these all
1: before However, there was one movie on here that we feel like we should know more about But frankly we
0: don't yeah, and that's not 12 monkeys or from dusk till dawn, which are movies We both know a bit about
1: that's true. This movie is mr Holland's opus so, I've heard of it. Oh, yeah. I, I remember hearing about name. it all the time. Like I, uh, I feel
0: like this was a big deal. I don't, don't actually know. like a Monday know. Night movie or something on Something Fox. like that. Coming up next, Mr. Holland's Opus. Oh, I'm eight. I don't like any of those words. So, rather than taking the easy way out, what we're doing
1: here is we've got a little bit of an idea of, of what this movie is. So, let us tell you what we know. We know that it grossed 82 million. 82 and a half. We know it's called Mr. Holland's Opus. It's a PG movie. Here's an interesting tidbit. Two hours and 23 minute runtime in the middle of the 90s. That's a long movie. Yeah. Also, the genre that it fits in is teacher dash inspirational. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you a brief uh, 90 second timed synopsis of what this movie is. Without from, actually knowing what we it's We have about. no fucking idea yeah. what it is, but we're going to tell you. Probably what it is. We might, and then then, we'll find out. And then then we'll find out,
0: and you know, we'll we'll crown a king. Okay, who's first? Uh, you can go first. Okay, so the timer is down. Mr. Holland's Opus is a movie about what I assume is a teacher, Mr. Holland. Let's say Thomas Holland, Tom Holland, in 1996 is a music teacher at a New York City city inner city high school um however he has aspiring dreams he wants to be a conductor he wants to conduct the new new york philharmonic orchestra but how's he gonna do that he just teaches high school uh well one day he's riding his bike his fixed wheel bike <laughs> oh my God. to school in the inner city he's going from brooklyn <laughs> he comes from brooklyn to manhattan oh. every day To teach fucking 15-year-olds. And he gets hit by a car. (laughs) Who's driving that car? Actor Forrest Whitaker. Who is Forrest Whitaker in this? He is the fucking, I don't know, some music connoisseur. I don't know music terms enough. But he's the guy in charge of some shit. And he's like, oh man, I'm sorry. They go up for coffee. Why he's not at school is not explained. And they get a talking. And the wheels are set in motion. Fuck, I've got like... 20 seconds to do this a bunch of shit happens and he gets his dream he start he's practicing a conducting thing and then his um parkinson's disease hits and he can't conduct but i've got five seconds he then just you know there's some in something really inspirational and he conducts it rudy style time okay okay
1: all right that's a movie probably yeah yeah. Okay. Also, uh, we learned that uh, Richard Dreyfus is in this. William H Macy. I'm assuming T- Richard Dreyfus is Mr. Holland. Uh, the, well, it does appear that we also have a have a look at the front cover, which is uh, apparently Mr. Holland conducting. That yes. that is all we know.
0: So we know that he must conduct his opus. Yeah. And I guess he writes it at some point. I'm
1: not ready, but here we go. Okay, three, two. One Europe. So, Mr. Holland is definitely a conductor. I'm going to say that he's already a conductor of teach. the New York Philharmonic. Okay. Here's the thing, though. So he is he he feels like he's stagnant, like he's got nothing going anymore. He just cannot crank out this symphony like he used to. He's worried that his career is taking a nosedive. All of a sudden, he's diagnosed with terminal cancer. Oh, yeah. His doctor. William H. Macy has said, you know, Mr. Holland, you've got three months left. Holy shit. Boom. Inspiration hits. He starts writing his opus. Forrest Whitaker is his surgeon. He goes in for a consult. He has to get immediate surgery. He comes out of surgery. All he wants to do is write. He's not eating. He's barely surviving and he's cranking this thing out. If you don't get this chemo,
0: you're going to die.
1: Yes, that's it. So he's writing this opus, and it's a constant back and forth between him and the doctors. And, you know, you don't have much time left. You have to stay in bed. And he refuses, and he writes his opus, and he gets to conduct it. And he 20 seconds. dies at the end of the performance
0: on the stage. Dies on stage. On stage. All right, you've got 15 seconds. Do you have anything else you want to add? There was a standing applause
1: for an hour and 53 minutes. The people are exhausted
0: they're dehydrated it's incredible so you have to see the movie all right that is mr holland's opus (laughs) let's pull up the plot oh christ all right so he's decomposing on stage for an hour and a half like are there first responders (laughs) are the first responders just hearing like the echoes and then they're taken aback
1: well we may never know i didn't get that far (laughs) oh fuck me a frustrated composer finds fulfillment as a high school music teacher.
0: It's the opposite? It's the opposite. It's What b- the shit? It's b- the bizarro version of your movie. So, it is, I mean, he, he, he dies or is dying in both of ours.
1: Also, his name is Glenn. Glenn Holland.
0: I was thinking Tom Holland because that's the new Spider-Man. Also, the first user review, <laughs> the first sentence of it is, it's a movie. <laughs> We're just going to I'm just going to read this composer Glenn Holland Richard Dreyfuss believes that he'll eventually write a transcendent piece of music. But in the meantime, he's taken a job at an Oregon high school. That's oh, not New God. York, though. At first, the job frustrates him and his unconventional mes- methods draw the ire of straight laced principal William H. Macy. Mm. Mr. Holland grows to love his students as the temporary position stretches into a decades long career. And in the end, they reveal just how much they love him back.
1: Oh, that does sound like a good movie. We should watch this. Yeah,
0: maybe. Let's look at some other opuses. The opuses of the week. The opie, And that is the albums that make up the Billboard Top 200. We
1: are not landing transitions today.
0: I think that was an okay transition. (laughs) (laughs) We need transitions.
1: (laughs) Yes. I mean,
0: while you're loading it, I'll tell you number one. Waiting to Exhale soundtrack. Do you ever want to rent Waiting to Exhale? Well, they put us on the Waiting to Exhale waiting list, but they said don't hold your breath. That's a Simpsons quote.
1: Uh, Two is Daydream by Mariah Carey. She's everywhere. Everybody knows it. But three, an actually good album. Jagged Little Pill by Alanis Morissette. Yeah that's a good one it is we have 16 stone by bush
0: on here i imagine that's okay Ooh,
1: what's the story morning glory by oasis whoa that's a damn that's good starting in
0: this in the states yeah that's. i a mean big this thing. is the time i guess this is when they this is when they came over this probably has wonderwall on it
1: pretty sure it has wonderwall like champagne supernova okay uh sally uh, can champagne. wait
0: champagne. okay yeah so, all three Oasis songs. Pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, what else The Gallagher is here? brothers hate each other. Yeah, they sure do. It's fucked. It's great. I they're... think, like, Liam Gallagher seems like
1: a dick. They both seem like whiny shitheads.
0: Yes, but the older one seems dickisher.
1: I think that they thought they were the Beatles, but they're not. They're fucking Oasis. Yeah, they're... The Oasis. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I did
0: say they came over from England, so... Yeah. But, like, they're, they're not the Beatles.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, official opinion of the podcast, Oasis...
0: Is a perfect they way have to sum some, it up. They
1: have some classics, let's be real. Speaking of eh, though, at number six, Cracked Rearview by Hootie. Moving on. Poss- are, there,
0: are the blowfish associated with this?
1: Oh, maybe not. Maybe the blowfish were fired. I don't know. At seven, The Woman in Me, Shania Twain. Not interested. Melancholy.: Yeah, Melancholy and Infinite Sadness by The Smashing Pumpkins. That's
0: probably got some good songs on it.
1: Nine doesn't matter because it's Alan Jackson. Ten does, though. R. Kelly by R. Kelly. Chris is laughing because we just watched a clip from the boondocks where a girl is on the stand in court and they start playing the video of R. Kelly peeing on a girl. It's, I'm not going to give anything else away, but just look up boondocks R. Kelly. It's worth it.
0: It's pretty funny. If you ever watched that show,
1: those are some Always pretty, fun. pretty great albums. On oh yeah. Week.
0: That's a, this is a good week for that. Yeah. All right. Now let's uh, move on to something we call This Week On. Every week on the show, we pick an episode of Seinfeld or The Simpsons. We've done an episode of Friends or two, but let's be real. We don't want to talk about it. Um, When a Good Friends episode comes up, we'll try to mention it, but we're we're not up to date on our friends. We'll let you know. Yeah. We pick an episode that we think is just really awesome and give you a little bit of a rundown, memory lane about that. This week, we're going to talk about Seinfeld, Season 7, Episode 13 the seven George meets
1: Susan's cousins the wife is expecting a baby and they're having a hard time agreeing on the name George reveals that he wants to name his kid seven after Mickey Mantle <laughs> the cousins like the idea of naming their kids seven but no one else does Elaine buys an antique bicycle and hurts her neck in the process uh, while Kramer fixes her neck and wants the bicycle in exchange for payment Jerry's new girlfriend wears the same dress every single
0: day and that Great didn't episode. that didn't go well for him no
1: God, that was a funny one.
0: Oh, my God. Seven. Yeah, seven. And then he's so... Fr- he's he so was so pumped. Adamant about the it. The initial and explanation... When like, she goes whoa. into labor and he's just convincing her, like, so no, how about soda? Soda! Yeah. Uh, uh. Elaine with the bike is is very good. And then Newman as the impartial, uh, impartial juror. Oh, yeah. The bicycle shall be cut in two, and each will receive half. <laughs> like... <laughs> Uh, I, that is my, that is always what I think of when I think of, that's gotta be like a Bible story or something with like the thing will be cut uh, in half. I think
1: it's like a, I don't know if it's an Egyptian thing. It is like a historical thing where a doll was cut was in it half. It was a doll? Okay. And then the girl who's willing to give up the doll because it's she didn't want to cleaner. see it yeah. get cut in half. As she would a rather runner.
0: see it in the hands of another than see it harmed. Exactly. But I, for me, it's the bike and oh, it's that's human. that's great.
1: Yeah. Oh man, that is a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week's 90s Spotlight bouncing out of one situation and into another. I've been poking around on eBay lately for an espresso machine. Don't look into it if you think you might want one because you pretty much have to spend $700 to make it work. However, but that could be cool. eBay got me onto the topic of auctions because when I'm looking around for these machines, I can just quickly Google what they're worth and if I'm getting a good deal or not, and that's the end of it. But if you went to an auction in the nineties and you weren't an expert, you're yeah, just buying based, based on blind. what you see. You have no idea what mm-hmm. you're
0: doing. Before we really get into it, I have another eBay story. Uh, Go for it. Did I ever tell you about uh, the Power Glove? I know of the Power Glove. I've seen the Power Glove. Yeah, like my Power Glove? Yeah. Okay. Uh, So this was probably like 2007 or 8 or... No, this is when we were in high school. Oh, it might have been the last year of high school. I think it was great. I think it was like, I'm just old enough to really like potentially have a credit card. Yeah. So I'm just discovering eBay for the first time. 2006, year of our lord. And then um, I'm bidding on the Power Glove because I love the Power Glove. It's pretty sweet. It's so bad. It's terrible. Now, when you enter your bid, I go to enter $35, 35 $35.00, maybe just one zero. It takes it as 350 Oh, shit. So my maximum bid is $350 at a time when that... $350 now for a Power Glove would be outrageous. $350 Three hundred and fifty five $350 when I was 18 was breaking the bank. I was so stressed out. I was like, fuck, I'm going to be on the hook for $350. <laughs> Luckily, the max bid never got much beyond 35 or $40. So I got myself a pretty wicked power glove.
1: God, those things are garbage.
0: All right, but let's talk about so 10 years like- before
1: that maybe. So there's you don't have immediate access to information. Obviously, like if you're going to an auction, there are probably some professionals who are looking for certain things or at some least know what know they're what looking they're inf- at. Into, yeah. But I cannot imagine buying something just based on looking at it and deciding, yeah, that's probably worth some money. I'm going to go for it and find out later. Yeah, Like if we're talking about just collectibles, Oh like yeah, you're, you're like, guessing.
0: Yeah, if they saw a power glove, it's like, I have no idea what this is actually worth. They, there's no way to Google it and say okay, this seems to be the going rate. Like how
1: much more rampant was oh. buying some cheap piece of shit that looks like an expensive Ming vase and then it turns out it's
0: not, it's from Ikea. That'd be fucked. Because yeah, right? there's no way to really know. you can Google you know? it and be like, all right, these are the three things you need to look out for to determine if you have an authentic Ming vase. Yeah. Like, there's probably a BuzzFeed article on this. Oh, God. You'll never believe what (laughs) identifies these (laughs) minvahs as authentic.
1: They're really scraping the bottom of the barrel.
0: But, like, if you're, you know, it's a total crapshoot.
1: Really how did is. people do it? They had to learn things, they had to have knowledge I refused. And you have
0: to you had to hear the auctioneer.
1: I was actually listening to a podcast the other day that was talking it's all about screens and they're going on about how a phone is literally an extension of your body now yeah. and how when you're in a public place that you've never been, you are more likely to just sit there and look at your phone because the phone in your hand has more of a connection to that public place than you do
0: Whoa. because
1: you can you know google where you are
0: on the phone and figure, learn all
1: sorts of things about your location okay so we are becoming robots was the point i think
0: and uh i, I for one welcome, welcome
1: our new robot overlords i thought that. you were gonna okay uh,
0: i thought we were gonna do it at the same time yeah it was, it was gonna be a thing but yeah it was not a thing well that's okay you can't you can't win them all that podcast said, listeners we both we were we both welcome robot overlords we sure do yeah um my elementary school music teacher was an auctioneer part-time and a robot overlord he might have been that's actually pretty cool auctioneers like that way
1: of speaking i would love to learn that for no other reason than to just be able to say numbers really quickly
0: yeah he rocked the piano and then like on weekends he spoke really fast neat yeah that's that's cool is that something that's gonna die off auctioneers auctioneers yeah because now eventually right there's still real auctions aren't there oh yeah there are all the time to like I don't know Kentucky and buy a horse But like that's got to be a dying art oh yeah the auctioneer stuff like they'll probably just be like apps or something to do it like in the future I hope there's always an auctioneer auction the rich people auctions will always be Sotheby's with the paddles yeah yeah that's a
1: life goal of mine to be a rich person at an auction
0: that's not a bad life goal
1: like not just to go but but to be able to afford to bid on things should I desire them Mm-hmm. and after some intense internet searching to make sure it's, it's real legit yeah, yes right anyway moving on to our sponsorship segment every week on the show we give you a sponsor most of the time they're fictitious and this week it is no exception because this episode of stuck in the 90s is brought to you by something that came out in the 80s and that's the idea of partying like it's
0: 1999 yeah at that must have before our time, when Prince really coined this, yeah. it must have seemed so, so, so futuristic. Yeah, so far away. Yeah. But however, as the as the mid-90s, as the late 90s rolled around, yeah. this song kind of got a resurgence.
1: Oh, yeah, because the closer it got to 99, the more novel the song was.
0: Yeah. And also the less, I don't know, it just became less unreal. The yeah. more real it got, because at one point we were partying like it's 1999 who are we partying with? The Backstreet Boys, Spice Girls, In Sync. We're ringing in the millennium. Willenium. On f- uh, The Willennium. because we, of course, are all Willennials. Um, the Wiki Wild Wild West.
1: Oh my God! I like I want people so badly. Like Fetch. I want this to be our our Fetch. Trying to get our whole generation referred to as Willennials instead of Millennials.
0: That would be great. I mean, right. the Beaverton's already made some some things. They did an article on Willennials, yeah. I saw. and uh, I want to push progress. to make
1: that happen. All right. Hashtag Willennials.
0: I think that's going to become one of our new frequent sponsors of the podcast, the yeah. millennials. Yeah. Um, but for now, we would like to thank Partying Like It's 1999 for getting real. Yeah. yeah. And, and
1: inspiring a generation. To pretend like it was the future until it was the future, which then immediately became the past. I know. That was a good year. And we'll talk about that next week. Because next week, holy shit, we're prepared. Uh, We are going to do February 5th to 11th in uh, the year of our Lord, Will Smith,
0: 1999. As always, you can find us online, dot facebook.com slash stuckintheninetiespodcast, Twitter, SIT90s, Instagram, stuckintheninetiespodcast. Send us an email. Do you want to be a $10 sponsor? We'll talk to you with the reverence that we give to millennials. For only 10 bucks. send us an email, stuckintheninetiespodcast at gmail.com. You ripped that one out. That was great. Anything else to add? Nothing. All right. Then for now, the, the podcast, podcast is, is now over. over.